Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. And a big thank you to Rainy, Jason, Gregory, Sergio, Ryan, and Adam. Thanks for your support. Love you guys. Oh my god, it's so wild uh, to Chris, think that. Are you going to the uh, to the pants party? I uh, are you, John? Are you trying to tell me there's a party in your pants and everyone's invited? <laughs> and I'm invited. Uh, yes. <laughs> did Champ tell you yes. to say that? <laughs> Why? Well, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that movie still quotable? No, fucking Rick, I do not want to go late. to the party in your pants. <laughs> okay. Uh, <All> right. <laughs> he invites whoever else. The other guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you like to go to the party in my pants? Uh, no, Rick. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Oh my god. How is that movie still so quotable fucking twenty years later? Timeless. It's just like it's like Steve Carell acting like this super awkward dude was is just funny. Yes. Absolutely it is. It's not um, not like punching down on something. It's not, you know, it's just like yeah. It's just funny. And then uh fucking there's so John. There's so much TV for me to watch. Uh, the Witcher season three is out oh, today. Oh, just dropped. Just dropped. Toss a coin to like, your Witcher. Shot off the Toss press, a coin. Right. I, it's there. Yeah. Toss one. There it is. Oh, flying through the air. Uh, there it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely be doing that instead of playing Final Fantasy 16. That's for sure. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> John. Adam Toss Lane a coin loves to your it. Witcher. I know. I know. There you go. I know. Oh, there it is. I know, dude. We don't need to talk about. <laughs> I'll just get mad. Things we hate. I know. Yeah. I know. Me too. I'm. I'm just. I'm just ruffling feathers. Um, I need to watch. Uh, I need to get caught up on the new Always Sunny. I hear Adam Lane was telling oh, me about the episode of Frank, Frank versus Russia. Dude, I was. I, I heard Frank dying. versus Russia is the. I said that to you guys last week. I was. I messaged. I was like, I am dying laughing at these Always Sunny episodes. But the, that one was so funny because you know about the whole actual like oh man right? Yeah, the the butt. Yeah, the whole, thing, the whole yeah. chest thing that happened in real life, dude. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so it was like, well, I mean, that was just like the, the like, how could he possibly be cheating? And like the the internet meme became that that he was maybe cheating um, with a with an assistive device, and I was dying laughing that they that they not only went there but in such an always sunny fashion, dude. They like carried yeah, it all yeah. the way through. It was so funny. Um, it, this oh, last yeah. week's the one that we just watched, or not this last week's, this week's the one that we just watched. Um. Oh my goodness, dude! Again, another one. We're dying laughing, dude. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul guest star in oh it. Oh my god! Oh my goodness, dude! It's so funny. <laughs> so I bet Breaking Bad references abound. Yeah. Oh man, and those two are just uh, just a riot. The whole episode well, they keep I, calling I gotta... him uh, Malcolm. <laughs> like Malcolm. Oh my god! Malcolm. I mean, oh Malcolm. my god! <laughs> it's just. Oh, That's man. fucking, it's too fucking funny, perfect. Dude. It's too good. I have to imagine because I think Brian Cranston's retired from acting. Is that going to be like his like his last thing, or is he just going to dig know, around? Man. I don't thing? know. He's he's having fun. You got to watch it. Yeah. It's so funny. I don't want to like say anything else about it, but yeah, it's just it's too good. I know. <laughs> I need I need to get all. I need to get caught up, John. Yeah, that there, there's, 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 The Witcher, dude. I just finished season two of Bear. The Bear. Oh my god, so I agree. good. That's awesome. And if as you an old time restaurant guy, I need yeah, to watch it. Yeah, oh my goodness. I watched that. It was the first season was phenomenal. And then just mm-hmm. watch the second season and dude, it's a, it's one of the shows that'll make you feel all the things, dude. It's very very well done. 
Yeah, I need to. I need to get my ass caught up, John. There's so much I need to get caught up Secret on. Secret Invasion. Just yeah, I know. I haven't even touched it. I didn't even know it was out. Yeah, that's the secret. There it is. They <laughs> invaded my television. They snuck that right by everybody. <laughs> Dude, they just they just zipped that one right across my brow. That's for sure. Jeez, Jesus. Well, John, they zipped that across my brow the same way we are zipping this episode of the RVA Returners across everyone else's brow. Well, you took me there. I, I, I we should just, never doubt. We sneak it in the, to the play-by-play right. play of the uh, secret invasion versus Russia. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We are all. That's why. That's why we've been. Uh, that's why we've been radio silent lately. Everything but John, you need is are. already inside this episode of the RVA Returners. That's right. Podcast. That's right, and we are back. And again, it has been it has been shit, John. It's just been busy. Like I, 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 there's no excuse. Like it's not a you know. I mean, I guess it is an excuse, right? Like I've just been, <laughs> I've just been incredibly no busy. My list of excuses, which I will begin <laughs> yes. now. I will begin my eight page list of excuses. But no, just between moving and buying furniture and just like. I'm. I've. I haven't taken a day off of work during tour any of this. After you, you know, after you qualified for nationals, mm-hmm. we recorded the cast, and then we never saw you again. That you were going around uh, taking. I was pictures. doing the press tour. Yeah, <laughs> taking pictures, shaking babies, shaking babies. kissing hands. Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, and even the pod, you know, the Shonen and Suds. I've had to tell Cody. It's like Cody, we just need to watch movies. I just don't. I don't have time to digest a show. Um, it's just Suds. Yeah, like it's just gonna, it's like I, I, I've got about an hour for suds. That's that's, about I, I, it. that's literally it. It's like we need to find like a fucking eighty-two minute banger just so I can watch it while I'm doing chores and then move on. <laughs> so that's it's it's just been so busy. Um, but I'm glad to finally sit down. You know, obviously I caught up with you on Wednesday because we were doing the uh, you know, the weekly, and you know, we'll talk about that, John. We will dive into that, but let me let me not get ahead of myself. I just have so much to so much to say and so much to do. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, uh, but yes, of course, we are back on the RVA Returners podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and with me is always always at taking the, desk, the back streets, it's- always always walking the beat on the back streets. John Schreiner, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Oh man, yeah, we are we are overdue to be here for you. Yes, We're back. Overdue for you, but John, a lot's been going on. The competitive. Okay, so let me say, let me just start with this. I love seeing. We're just back to a constantly evolving competitive season. The the one-stop shop shit is done, brother. Mm -hmm. Done. It's funny because you can still see people like, like, you know, no no fault of their own. They've been conditioned over the last two or three years to like, okay, well, what is Uh just like, what is this one thing that we're all going to settle on? Oh, brother, it's it's not going to settle. As long as there's still like these big ticket competitions happening less than a month apart from each other, um, there are going to be people rapidly changing to what seems like the best Uh new thing. And there are going to be people who are are constantly deploying what they've been like practicing and developing. Um, Uh And it is just, it is finally a full competitive season for us again. It looks like it. It smells like Man. it. It walks like it. It talks like it. Right. Um, and it's just so nice. It's been so long since 2019, Chris. It hasn't God been like knows. this. It hasn't been 
you know, there's just been fan events here and there and, and locals to check in on here and there, but there hasn't been the fire, right? There hasn't been people putting in all that time and all the work and, and it's just so cool to see it and to see time and time again, things are, are just changing and are, are so interesting at every different tournament uh, as they will continue yeah. to be. And I mean, that's really what we're going to be talking about here today. Yeah, it's been absolutely fun. Um, just really, really excited to get back in the driver's seat. You know, we've got, you know, we've got some octagon news to talk about. We've, mm-hmm. We're deep in the heart of Opus 20 spoiler season. Um, you know, we've got uh, events again right around the corner. I'm looking at my calendar here, John, and like we are we are right on the doorstep of uh, the Materia Cup in Raleigh, which I believe is also going to be the last North American uh, no. Materia Cup for well that's materia cup right in In this this set yeah yeah portland yeah portland is the first one in the new set yes portland will be the last north american materia cup and it will be uh in the new new are any of the state championships in opus 20 i think there's like one okay because it comes out what august is when the new set drops uh yeah so the august 19th and 20th is when the um the next materia cup is and if okay. you give me a minute chris to pull open my documents uh, yes yes you, yes yes i could tell you i've got a i got a couple uh you know case files on this one uh yes yes go go to your filing cabinet i, I pull me all the info you have on the on the materia case on the materia cause let me slap that big hold on hold on that's right down this case file on the desk here. Let's try okay, slam all, right. It. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, looks like eight uh, five. Uh, that's the weekend of Gen Con. There will be one in Washington. Eight twelve mm-hmm. will be the last weekend for uh, store championships, and those are going to be in oh. Ohio and California. So that oh, is man. Uh, yeah. We are basically running out of time here. Um, Tick tock. I mean, so as of the recording of this episode Mm -hmm. we have got uh one two three four five six seven more store championships and two Mm -hmm. more materia cups so i mean chris when you look at the numbers that way you know there's what 14 8 geez 22 more invites for nats and that's that only 22 more names will go into the goblet of fire oh man that's not a lot of names i mean i know that that we started with with a small pool but it is shrinking <laughs> the pool is draining the swamp is draining yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you know who there's not not a lot of time not a lot of spots left and people are uh you know they're starting to feel it they are it's uh it's it, i think it's the reason we're maybe properly back to the tinkerage and the toggleage that we've all we've all come to know and love from the days of you know tournaments past yeah because i mean it's like if you can find something to get an edge up on what people currently think is the best thing that's Uh a very real advantage you can have going into the next tournament and so you what you Mm. constantly see um is people it's like this cycle right of people who Uh are innovating people who are taking the decks that the people innovated on and they're just drilling those and sometimes those people you know they innovate further on them or sometimes they're just playing a good deck um, mm-hmm. And then there's once those start to hit a certain saturation point, 
people start to innovate things that can beat those better, right? And I mean, that's going to be our main topic today. We're going to kind of walk through the transformation of the meta and the opus um, in NA, what it's looked like throughout the different events and where we kind of think it is and where you should expect. Um, or basically, it's certainly a list of things you should know about if you're going to be playing in a major event, trying to get one of those last 22 spots. Absolutely. And if you're coming to Raleigh, you'll want to stay tuned as we uh, as we deep dive. But, John, you know, we can't just start there. We've got a re- we got some information we got to, you know, we got to get out there into the ether. We got some things that have been, you know, that we we just need to to just drill in on, you know, speaking of which. Um, and there's only what's right. <laughs> and there's only one place you can get all that information, John. And we're going to, you know, it's 6 p.m. Let's cut it on to Channel 3 and let's watch the news. So, John, as we always do here on the news, I'm going to need you to grab your documents, make sure your tie is straight, and I'm going to need you to hit the podium and give us the Octagon State of the Union. All right, Chris. Uh, let's see. We've got these stacked up here. and Boy, it's a, it's a stack of documents. It's looking like this stack of documents might be about... 200 documents tall that's right folks we recently passed the number 200 milestone for the rva returners online events i I, frankly chris i can't believe it i i I would have been surprised if we hit 50 um and we just kept going you know the people i told them many times that as long as they sign up and as long as they show up to watch we'll keep it going Uh, we'll keep the lights on for them and chris they just keep coming back so um we have got you know season 11 is well underway another healthy season here and the octagon oh, yeah. uh hideout we had just run our number 200 tournament our bicentennial event with some extra prizes and stuff to give out to the players it's always exciting and uh we have just had a a you know as always this really interesting snapshot of the meta as it evolves or maybe even a preview of where it's going uh, coming Absolutely. through the Octagon State of the Union, and, or the Octagon State of the Union, coming through the Octagon events uh, as the meta takes shape, and, and I know we were talking about it a little bit um, <clears throat> outside of the recording, but that mm-hmm. um, one of our local guys, or sorry, one not our local guys, but he plays online in the online locals, uh, Anthony mm-hmm. from New York, uh, recently went out to I think it was was it the Michigan Store Championship. I and, believe it was, and yes. And he won it with his very own variant of Yeti Spaghetti. So, Chris, back in, of course, the last episode, yeah. we talked about your performance in Florida with the new Final Fantasy VI deck, the Ice mm-hmm. uh, Ice Fire Oops All Final Fantasy VI, essentially, title deck, with mm-hmm. a little splash of lightning to get the, the, uh, the three Stooges in there. And mm-hmm. the same kind of style, you know, maybe Stoogeless, was popular over in Europe, and people started to play this deck and iterate on this deck. And one thing that everybody agreed on was saving Edgar Locke, right? But the yep. the other stuff, hey, as long as it's got a six there, it's viable. So people started to look at other mm-hmm. options, and we started to see this three-color version that we affectionately nicknamed the Strago Alfredo version of Yeti Spaghetti, um, that had these, you know, ten water cards, which has evolved since. But I remember it just being, like, three of the new Strago, Three of the recent realm that has the EX that gets another copy of a yep. character you have in play that's not multiplay. And then three of the new Gao. And one, we call him John Dismog, but the water mod will stop <laughs> people from searching. So 
with all these water cards, I mean, they add six EX bursts into the deck. Strago is another really, really efficient play into lock because he gets another six character on his way in and on his way out. And then his S ability actually gives you this really interesting combat potential and an angle the deck doesn't have on removal that um, gives you this power loss. It helps you deal with certain things. Like we had one Vargas yeah. to deal with Rydia. So, I mean, hey, heck, now you can just strago her down. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of these little things that that the power loss is really important for, but Gao is probably the superstar of this. Um, I know we're getting ahead. I, I know we're going all the way into the the deck stuff right now, but just uh, basically, this is I'm I'm getting jazzed about it. I'm getting excited about it because I love six, and this was a really mm-hmm. cool build of six that I saw for the first time in our weekly from Anthony and Key, his testing partner from New York. And uh, then he went out. He took it to one of these store championships. He won it, and then he sent me this message, dude. It's like these kinds of messages they mean so much to me. He just sent me this thing that said he just wanted to let me know he won that event with that deck he'd been testing every week in the weekly, and he'd been doing really well with it, and that if it wasn't for things like that extra place to practice, the extra locals to play in, that uh, he would not have had the practice, wouldn't have felt as confident. And uh, I know we joke about it all the time with our It Could Be You series, but I'm adding Anthony to our book of testimonials. Uh, He's going on the back of the box. Um, yeah, because it is, it is so cool to get those kinds of messages, but really, I mean, it's just a testament to like, they're real games, they're tough opponents, and if Mm -hmm. you can make it there, man, you can make it anywhere, it could be you. It's another, another warrior forged in the, just in the fiery crucible of the RVA Weekly, you'll love to see it. Come on by, definitely, definitely not taking credit for her success, but we are saying if you would like to be successful... It's not a bad step on your path. It's it's a it's a great place to be because you right. again you know you hit the nail right on the head, John. Not to not to again not to fucking stroke this uh this weekly, but oh, yeah. I am I, but, I, but but I am though because it's it is a great universal place. We get people globally that come and play in this thing. So if, if you're looking to test something out, it's a great platform to do it. If you are trying to qualify for your, you know, you're trying to win that store championship, you're trying to qualify for Nats that Materia Cup, you might not even have a locals that's thriving, or maybe you're the top dog at your locals and you, everybody else just brings the fucking, just the jank jungle with them when they come to locals. So maybe you're not getting those quality games that you really want, but here you definitely will get them. And again, we've seen it time and time again that this platform has been successful so successful john that you've been around for over 200 tournaments oh my goodness i know 200 of them and uh yeah like i said the people keep coming back so they, you know mm-hmm. it's uh we appreciate it we keep hosting them and uh it gives me a really fun way to interact with kind of everybody and keep the pulse on everything weekly and um Absolutely. I, it, now that we're back it's so cool to see how different it is even though we've always been you know checking in every week um, just mm-hmm. the, the speed with which things change or with which people are trying new decks and new ideas in the weekly is just right back up to 11. You know, it's, uh, it's really, mm-hmm. really cool. But anyway, so the Octagon State of the Union, man, we're good. We're wrapping our 201st tournament this week and we're kicking on to the next 200. So uh, we'll see yes. you there Wednesdays at 7. But enough of that. Well, awesome. Yeah, so Octagon is great. Now, John, speaking of great, you know, we we mentioned that we are coming down the home stretch of Opus 19, and we'll kind of do a deep dive there in our main topic, which means, John, we've had cards of the week. We have had community spoilers. The the fftcg.org page is getting full. 
That's right. It yeah, there are enough. a lot of spoilers there you can check out. Yeah, all those places that we like to go to to peep the spoilers. Uh, I know that um, Zodiac Braves, he's got like a like a percentage calculator in his spreadsheet mm-hmm. of like how full every element and rarity and stuff like that are. So you start to see those numbers ticking up, and you know that uh, that we're getting close, Chris. I mean, the community spoiler floodgates were thrown wide on like Tuesday. Everybody's mm-hmm. been dumping those all you know in every manner you can think. We showed ours on stream. We have a new Terra. That does some mm-hmm. cool party attack stuff. She helps you get summons back from your break zone. When six cards party attack with her, she casts a summon of four or less for free. Uh, just a really interesting new piece in an ice terror or sorry, ice Final Fantasy six deck. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if she she gives a little bit of legs to the realm from last set, who hasn't seen a lot of play, but I still think has a very yep. powerful effect on her. It'll be interesting to see. There's been a lot of other community spoilers, which are some pretty cool cards, but uh, yep. there's a lot of them that we missed while we were away. So I think what we're going to do, Chris, we're just going to go through the card of the week spoilers, since those are the yes. big legends that they hit us with. And um, as we always do, when the set actually comes out, we'll just kind of pop through every color and talk about what we think is worth talking about. Exactly. And I believe, John, the card of the week was kicked off with uh, with Estinian, wasn't it? But I think we've talked about Estinian already. So Astinian was like one, I don't know that he was a card of the week one. Maybe he was, but we knew about, mm-hmm. we just kind of knew about him early because he was the box topper. That's it might have right. been something where they showed him a bit early, but I think that's yeah. where we had his details way ahead. Um, yeah. I think the official card of the week start was with, with our Cecil. Boy, yes, was with the dual reveal. Two. Yeah, of Two. Light and Dark Cecil, or Paladin and Dark Knight Cecil here, I should say. And oh my goodness, this art is gorgeous. That Dark Knight Cecil, the, you know, this might be the best art this game has ever seen. Like, it is fucking insane. Yeah, like, they're insane. Yukihiro Kajimoto shit. did the illustration of both of these. Yes, please my give me God. more cards from Kajimoto. I want every card <laughs> every in the card. game to look like this. If every card in the game looked like this full art Cecil, I would give you every fucking spare dime that I had. Yeah, I mean, My it's gorgeous. God. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, um, we and they're have, fun cards. Yeah, we have a legend and a hero here, Chris. So yeah. uh, we can go ahead. We'll start with the Dark Knight. The yeah, he's a... Uh, yeah, I can read them if you. I know the the other one's blue, so I'll let you read that one. I'll do the blue one. Um, That's right. (laughs) So he's a five CP nine K Earth forward uh, job Dark Knight uh, category four. Obviously, it's Cecil. Um, His uh, text is: You can pay one Earth and one Water instead of paying the CP cost to cast Cecil. If you do, when Cecil enters the field, he will deal you one point of damage. Period. Um, then he has another ability, put Cecil into the break zone, search for one card named Cecil with Job Paladin, and play it onto the field. Um, then he has an S ability. Was it a Treacherous Blast? <laughs> the way it looks like, it, oh, it, it looks tenebrous like Treacherous blast. Roast. It looks like Treacherous <laughs> Roast. <laughs> wow! Tenebrous Blast. Yeah, uh, choose a forward, deal it uh, for S and a yellow, or S and Earth. Uh, for a yellow, choose one forward and deal it 8,000 damage. No uh, the old treacherous kind of roast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no what, a, what a neat roast. card. So they're already, like, showing us, like, this cool, like, Cecil.deck. And, John, there are a lot of really powerful Paladin job Cecils. And just being able to scoot one right onto the field seems really good. Yeah, I mean, top of mind is like the five CP that plays a character into play and then has that protection yeah. ability and win. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's the first place everybody goes with this. It's like, yeah, 
you can pay five and then you have this guy who's around for mm -hmm. as long as you need him it's cool that he yep. doesn't need a tap for either of his abilities so you can and no matter what situation he's in whether he has attacked or he's blocked he's dull frozen mm -hmm. anything he can still mm -hmm. just crack that ability he can do it after blocking he can you know um and you put him in the break zone and bam bring the light palette or say you know the job paladin oh. version onto the field yep. Um, and that just has so some crazy implications, especially because there is uh, a, a mm -hmm. like what four or five different relevant ones you could play. Even like there's one even if you just wanted to draw a card, you could just bring in the six drop. Uh, or is he is he maybe a king? I don't remember. But there's like there's definitely um, a, a whole lot of versions of being a main character from Final Fantasy Four. Boy, you've got choices. Yes, absolutely, you do. And uh, then, John, in fact, they made it a little easy for us. They gave us one. Oh, they so gave you a choice. Read. <laughs> yeah. They just gave us one. We got the old 4CP Cecil here. He's um, he's yeah. water forward, paladin four, of course. Um, and then whenever he or a category four character enters your field, gain a crystal. Uh, interesting to see crystals are being carried forward, of course, and, and oh. always nice to see when we can either more efficiently get or spend them. Um, so it's whenever him or another category four character enters the field. So we're talking character. Uh -huh. That's monsters. That's backups. That's forwards. Uh, but the effect only triggers once a turn. Still, you know, crystal a turn just for developing your board. Not bad if he's on the field already. Pay one crystal to choose a category four forward you control until the end of the turn. He gains a thousand power, and the forward cannot be chosen by your opponent's abilities. So the plus one k hexproof is very powerful for just a crystal. That's a really great uh -huh. way to be able to use a crystal. And again, no great. other requirement. This man could be dull. He could be frozen. He could be attacking. It doesn't matter. He can do it the turn he comes into play. Um, he just has that crystal activation cost and when he comes in he gives you at least one and then mm -hmm. luminous blast this is s ability here uh, choose one forward it loses five thousand power until the end of the turn so his body is very average for cp ak his s ability isn't anything to shake a stick at but um this guy is just all around quote-unquote good right uh, he he. Yeah, like, in a world where you're playing this guy and a bunch of other four characters, and you're getting other payoffs for having four characters. Mm -hmm. Um, the fact that he can choose any of your forwards and just protect them with that hexproof ability. I think we saw when that old edge could do that in those Windex that that was really yeah. powerful. And uh, there was even like the Minwoo who could cancel something once a turn. I know that the Minwoo was free, of course, but I mean, hey, this guy may be free as well. You play him into the field off of the other Dark Cecil or uh, any other manner of ways. It is really cool. I don't think he's nearly as exciting or good as the Legend, but I mean, he's the hero and the other one's the Legend. So yep. this is a cool card. Well, and the fact that. But yeah, the, the, the Earth card I was going to say. More excited. Yeah, on no, the fact that he come he comes in, he he has that protection when he, he comes in. Like, yeah, so he's, he's probably sticking around at least. Yeah, you can kind of depend yeah. on him, like actually being mm -hmm. on the field to generate you more crystals for the most part, unless mm -hmm. of course they hit him with the summon. But you know, yeah, but that's all right. That's yeah. that's fine. That's uh, you're okay with that because you literally paid nothing for him, other mm -hmm. than technically you can argue you paid two for, um, you know, seventeen k worth of power, right? Right. Uh -huh. Yeah, but that's all right. So now, John, do we want to mention um, now it wasn't so much a card of the week as it was more of like an artist spotlight, but they did reveal. Oh, an yes, ice of legend. course. Of course, we're going to talk about Sellers and Locke, brother. Holy oh, shit. my goodness. Oh, yes. Sellers and Locke. So this was funny because um, we just talked about how the legend, of course, was the better, more exciting 
of this mm-hmm. most recent pair that we just reviewed. But when we're looking at the sellers in this lock, brother, it's mm-hmm. the hero that gets me going. Um, it yeah, is this character's Cellus. nuts. Please, I mean, yeah, take it away. great. Okay, so Celis, she's a 2CP 5K Ice Forward Job Rune Knight with gorgeous, gorgeous art, by the way. Both of them. This um, beautiful new oh. art piece is, has Celis in lock. I only wish that we could see the full piece of art. Like, I yeah. just want this complete art piece. I want to hang it on my wall. I'll pay the person whatever whatever it takes. Yes, please. But uh, Celis is pretty nuts, John. She says if you control a card named Locke, Woo! a card named Locke, oh, man, there are a lot Celis of gains, there are, and she gains haste. But guess what? Card named Locke you control also gains haste. Hey. Just a stand. Yeah. And then when Celis so enters the field. They're taking things pretty fast. So. <laughs> they, they, are, they are taking things very quickly. They, they are all, they started at third base. Um, now. But now when Celis enters the field, choose up to the same up to the same number of forwards opponent controls as the category six characters you control and dull them. John, she just comes down and says, fuck off. We're coming in. Here we come. Yeah, that's it. Get out of my oh, way. Okay. Yeah. She comes yeah. down to the and, field. She goes, hey, I'm the main character of the second half of the game. <laughs> that's right. She comes in serving up a piping hot bowl of spaghetti. Now, now, John, now. The big thing about her, right? Like, is we've we've been sitting on a pretty amazing Celis for what will now be five sets. Yeah, she's I think for lock for us. You know, she helps discard yep. a card from our opponent's hand. And I think mm-hmm. the less frequent thing, but definitely very powerful thing that she does is uh, freeze their characters or put a six card in her hand on party attack. But I don't yep. think that any of that is something we don't we can't get from somewhere else. Yes. And I think there's a world where you're playing both of them. Like, I look at both of these cards, and if you look at just any cur- current pasta variety of FF6, you could easily slot one of each of these in and just call it a day right now without without any further looking, yeah. without without just going any further. Now, I I, I think the Celis could warrant more than that. The lock we've talked about, which we'll get to in a second, I'm not... I think there's some more pieces to this puzzle that we're going to see that are going to just snap yeah. him in fucking three. Um, but I, these cards are amazing. So, we've got, John, why don't you go ahead and read us the lock? Go ahead and read us your boy. Doom, 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 doom. <sighs> yeah, so we've got a 3CP lock, 7K EX. Um, when lock enters mm-hmm. the field, reveal the top four cards of your deck and add a category six character among them to your hand. Return the other mm-hmm. cards to the bottom of your deck in any order. And you might be stopping me right there. John, we've got locks that reveal the top cards of our deck. The whole deck is built around them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this guy's got another build. Hold on. When two or more Category 6 forwards you control form a party and attack, okay, lock deals your opponent one point of damage. Well, now, okay, you have my attention. If four or more Category 6 forwards form the party, also break all the forwards opponent controls. So if you do... Form a four-character party and attack. Uh, you mm-hmm. deal your opponent an automatic point of damage, break all of their forwards, which means all of their blockers, and you mm-hmm. do at least... So So on that big party attack, you do at least two points of damage. And mm-hmm. what you've done is you've attacked with everybody safely. Really, they yes. can't... like You can have all these little chumpers, all these little weenos. Now, the thing about the current Final Fantasy VI deck, because the current Final Fantasy VI deck has no chumpers or weenos, it's yeah, got all, all dead. beefers, beefy daddies. All right, and there's not a single thing in that deck that costs two. 
Now nope. we're going to be able to bring our curb down with this lock and the cell is. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But what I would really like to see, I think, Chris, what makes me really rock about this lock mm -hmm. is <laughs> if they give us a couple more things that are either quick in color uh, or in, in like one of the when I say in color, it sure means in the family of colors for six. Oh, it just means course, not wind course. or something, right? They give us something else mm -hmm. quick or they give us um something you know like like smaller or some things that are easier to run out i know ghost exists right and, and ghost very mm -hmm. well may see some play with how powerful this, yes. this random party attack triggers are here on this lock um mm -hmm. but the fact that like cell is in lock when cell comes down the the mutual haste meaning that like the turn they're played they're at the very least coming in for a point of damage on the opponent um is mm -hmm. really really potent and i think it's it's very interesting the one yeah. thing that maybe gets me like like gives me pause on this lock is how incredible i think Celis is with opus four lock and <laughs> opus four lock who who is starting to see a little bit of a return is just being like a good piece hey that fast discard and that repeatable discard is still valuable we're seeing in some mm -hmm. of the yeti spaghetti variants and yep. here we've got uh, a card that's going to give him haste and cheaply provide another character for him early Oh man, I mean, it, and it's, also, a tough, it's a tough one. And also remove anything out of the way, which means Locke oh, is yeah. coming across. Yeah, he, like, and, and that's you don't another have to waste discard. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's just neat because, uh, and what, it, what really makes it cool there, John, and I, again, that's the application I like also currently because you don't have to worry about finagling your CP to keep Interceptor up to try mm -hmm. to haste mm -hmm. him to get across. Yeah, you can just sell us Locke nice. there, there. Mm -hmm. and, and that it frees you from fire if you wanted to go mono, mm -hmm. which used to be a very powerful Final Fantasy VI variant. It's funny, we were just talking about that on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you yeah, can that maybe was the deck in Opus 4. The Ice Water. I mean, we've been talking about we've been trying mm -hmm. to look into it because of the dual Mog, the dual Realm. Mm -hmm. Realm didn't mm -hmm. get that attention, and partially because of the lack of good summons in the colors together. But, I mean, you'll yep. make them work if the payoffs are there. And I think that with the Terra spoiler we got, um, it, it just makes those... It, it basically mm -hmm. gives you a reason to play a four-cost summon that you want to repeatedly use. So that's good with Realm. So, I mean, even yep. just those together with that Shiva from two sets ago mm -hmm. is pretty good. Or that might have been this set, the free summons. I think that was this set. Yep. It's pretty yeah, good. It was, yeah, it was 19. Yeah, Jesus. And You've been here a long one, time. And I'm telling you, man. <laughs> and one last thing for me on yeah. uh, on Locke and Celis. Um I really, really hope they're really showing us, John, that they're really leaning into category six, doing the party stuff, very similar to how they pivoted with like category seven and avalanche. Right. Yeah. So what I'm really hoping is that we get something because you said it was their gimmick, kind of their gimmick in, um, in, in chapters. chapters. Yeah. They have Ho a hopefully we get a card. card. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get a card that allows them to party up across elements. I think that'd be really cool. So yeah, we'll a backup see. Backup that has something like the Chocobo from Wind that says when you tap it, your Final Fantasy yep. Six characters, or even just something that's there on the field and, and passive, your Final uh -huh. Fantasy Six characters can declare a party with any element. I know Warrior of Lights get that sometimes and things like that. Yeah, like Aegis. Yeah, that'd mm -hmm. be really cool to have. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know we want to move on to the next one, John, but there was a third card that was with Locke and oh, Celis. I, I feel like a dickhead if I didn't mention Orin because no, that card is really good. cool, too. <laughs> very good. He's read it, so read it. cool. All right, so he's a 5 CP 9K job guardian. It's a new Orn again with beautiful artwork. Um, fire. If you control, yeah, he's a fire forward. If you control two or more forwards, the cost required to cast Orin is reduced by two. 
At the end of each player's turn, if Orin has received 4,000 damage or more, just D yourself a C, draw a card. And then for zero during this turn, the next damage dealt to you becomes zero. And then you just deal Orin 8K instead. And you can use this ability only once per turn. So if someone comes in swinging, John, you're just like, no, nah, we're going to pump those brakes and we're just going to go ahead and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and deal Orin 8K and we're just going to chill. Yeah, I mean, the uh, <laughs> the ability to just, like... So cool. ...to combo with any of that damage stuff, too. I mean, people immediately mm-hmm. go, like, Zodiac? Like, yeah, these things work that way, yes. It's very cool when we get a mm-hmm. new effect like that because it's always fun to see people combo. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Orin, as this fire card, that he he's just going to have that, that cheaper cost if you're already kind of wide, and then once mm-hmm. you're already kind of wide, he's going to protect... Um, you know your opponent from from racing you kind of the one thing that's a little weird is that he um you know if you're already that wide you're probably not taking damage but you know you can mix it with self damage effects like a bosh to like get the search but cancel taking damage to the face um and i think all that he also stops like he stops a naked like early titus from racing you yeah oh yeah and then you can also take this man and you can um you can like just ping him with warrior of light or something to draw a card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty that cool. Seems too. really good. Yeah. Pretty cool as well. Yeah. The fact that when he does protect you, you also get another benefit out of that is, is really mm-hmm. good. So um, this is definitely a card that is powerful. As long as you can make the angle that he cares about that big of a piece of your deck, which is yeah. taking that damage and manipulating it. And I think you can. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a really neat card. Now, John, I think we have two more to talk about real quick. There wasn't, and they're both category seven. Uh, this is Zach. This was a card of the week, wasn't it? I don't even know, but I don't think so. I'm looking at the card of the week board, and like everything that you're talking about is not on here. Okay. <laughs> so no, I don't think so. so. I'm pretty sure the only three card of the weeks we had are Cecil, uh, Alize, Alphano, and then Yuda. I or, forgot and, about Alize and Alphano. And then just now this week, Tifa. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, I, I think I'm just going through because the uh, the Zach is a legend. I think that's just what I'm going through, and I know Alize is the is a legend as well. Correct? No. <laughs> neither, neither of them no, are legends. No, Alize is a hero, and Alpha is a rare. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about them real quick because they were another tandem card of the week. Yeah, Alpha is actually the uh, the box like art for the set. Yeah, it's a little weird that he's yeah, just like, like a little rare, but um. But yeah, so so Alphano and Alize, of course, the twins from Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Uh, they are both scions of the Seventh Dawn, and there's a lot of, of fans out there of both fourteen, but of also the archetype mm-hmm. scions in Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. and they're always begging for it to come back, Chris. So is it back? Well, I'll tell you what, before we even get through reading these cards, I think yes. Um, I don't think oh, it looks 100%. the same way that it used to look, but I think especially... No. Lightning Water or Scions is looking a little nutter butter coming up soon. Yeah. So let's take a look. Alize is a 4 CP, 5K. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hold on. Um, and she is, of course, 14, Scion of the Seventh Dawn. When she enters the field, mm-hmm. choose one job, Scion of the Seventh Dawn forward, of cost three or less in your break zone. Play it onto the field. Sounds well, perfect. That's pretty good. Uh, then mm-hmm. when a water forward enters your field, choose one forward opponent controls and dull it. And this effect will only trigger once per turn. So you got to be thinking, well, she's a lightning card that resurrects a three-drop scion and cares about water forwards entering. So is, yes, he is. Alphano is a three CP, <laughs> 6K water forward. When Alphano enters the field, your opponent selects one dull forward they control and put it into the break zone. 
Well, the fun thing about that is a select effect, like Famfret, and they choose on resolution. <laughs> so when Alize brings Alphano into the field, Alphano triggers Alize's ability and it dulls a forward, and then Alphano uh, gives the opponent the illusion of choice, <laughs> and they sack off one of their <laughs> dull forwards uh, and puts it into the break zone, and then uh, at damage three, Alphano gets a little boost there, and he gains plus 2k. So Alphano all by himself um, is pretty good removal if your opponent doesn't have activation. You know, just take a dull thing mm -hmm. and, and get rid of it. It's a little bit more powerful than just a Famfrit type thing because, well, first of all, mm -hmm. it's one-sided, so I, I should compare it more to Atomos. But um, yeah. the nice thing about this is it's Atomos on a stick, right? So literally the same 3 CP with a bod. Obviously, mm -hmm. you can't get the unit or the crystal discount. But, um, the you know, the fact that it's a dull thing gives you a little bit of targeting, like pseudo-targeting. Yeah. Where, you know, you don't play the guy if they don't have a favorable dull forward that you would like them to, to sack. They can't Which is great on, like, a crackback kind of turn. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they can um, easily tap the guy who they have that would give them a benefit if they don't already have it tapped, mm -hmm. right? Um, exactly. But I think what's more exciting than any of that is, I mean, we already have a Water Alpha now, Um I think this Alize just in general, her potential with the Scion, with being able to bring any three or less. I mean, that's the dual Orianger. It's, it's pretty much every Orianger. Um, there's definitely going to be new ones in the set. We've already seen the Grahatia spoiled. The new Scion, or sorry, the new Astinian is a Scion, and he's in Lightning. Lightning Scion's getting a huge come up, um, and this Alize is definitely going to be part of it. Yeah, I agree. Really, really neat cards. Um... And I, I, can't I can't wait. I can't wait to see what. Oh, nice. The full art I can't wait to see what. Uh, what I'm. I mean, you, you, they have like in Magic, they have Jund and they have Zoomer Jund. I just, we're gonna, I'm gonna start calling this one Zoomer Scions. <laughs> yeah, they got the old Zoomer Scion. I mean, they are definitely the Zoomers. Yeah. So that'll be really cool. And then um, go I said go over Zach there. Yeah, because he was another legend. You know, it seems like they're doing these really special things with the legends. But he's the he's the fire legend. I he's a five CP nine. You're right. You're absolutely yeah, right. Which, which is cool. Is Very cool. Yeah. I'm here for I'm it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, 5CP9K, Job Soldier. We all know Zach. Um, he, uh, when Zach attacks, choose one forward opponent controls, deal it 5,000 damage for each Job Soldier you control. Soldier. When Zach leaves the... Yeah, Soldier. <laughs> You've been seated, Soldier. <laughs> when, uh, when Zach leaves the field, just leaves the field, you may search for one Category 7 forward of four or less and play it on the field. And then he has, um, again, the, the the writing on this is Meteor something. Medium, meteor, is that Meteor Shots? Meteor <laughs> I'll shoot, find meteor? that for you. Probably something. Is it like meteor, that. meteor Roast? What is that? <laughs> meteor Roast. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's for S, Fire, and Tap, deal 7,000 damage to all the forwards opponent controls. Okay. Yeah. So Soldier Tribal, here he comes. Um, I'm just intrigued, John, by the fact that like you can do a thing with this guy. He just get him out of the way, get him out off the field, and then bring in like the four CP light cloud and then just do a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the the whole thing is like you said, this guy is gonna get like blinked, right? It's just gonna yeah. be like, oh, here's my Zach. Oh, here he is again, here he is again. You know, bringing in these guys for free. Light cloud searches for another copy of a card. You can go and get his S if you wanted to. Um, and his meteor shots, yeah. by the way, Chris. Meteor uh, shots, okay. shots, like, shots, 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 shots. Yeah, dude, um, like being able to renew this guy to bring another body in seems pretty cool. Yeah, like you meteor shots first, and then you just renew him. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a combo stuff there too, where you can bring in. Mm -hmm. um, that would be kind of funny. I mean, I know this is this is not very crazy, but like 
you know, your brain starts putting combos together. You're immediately like, oh, meteor shot, 7,000. Okay, you could do that. Uh, and then and then you have him leave the field, and then you bring mm-hmm. in something that does extra damage and finishes him off. It's like, okay, you know, you probably don't need to do all that. But it is, it is pretty cool to um, just think of this guy that has that trigger. No matter how he dies, no matter how he goes, uh, you dealt with this 5 CP 9K. Well, here comes something worse, probably. You know, you can even Aerith get him back. Um, you know, there's Sephiroth, the dual Sephiroth can just play in any color, or I guess anything that plays Zach. But yeah, um, yeah, this is the kind of card that's hard to gauge because he's really yeah. only as good as like the stuff, like how good is playing every four cost Final Fantasy seven card for free. That's the question you have to really ask to assess this guy. I don't know if I can answer that question easily right now, but it's definitely good enough oh. because it's very strong on Cloud Pod. So. Uh, yeah, and speaking concur. of this guy, also just a cracked card to play in the Cloud Pod deck as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You, you, you pod uh, Aerith up to this guy, and then you do like whatever your other stuff is, and then you leave this guy, or, or like he like leaves know. the field, gets the Aerith back. <laughs> He's just like seems yeah. really good. You do all kinds of stuff, man. It, it seems very very cool. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, rounding out our card of the weeks, John, come on down to the ranch with me with your old, with, you know, bring the other cow pokes and the pasta down with you. Because we've got Yuna. Teeth. I know. Oh, I, know you skipped Yuna. Yuna. I know. I know. We've I know. Got, I know. I'm kidding. We've, we've got, got Tifa. <laughs> howdy, howdy. We've got Tifa. So, yeah. Boy, oh, howdy. my goodness. Cowboy hat Tifa. We've been excited about her since they revealed that the art was coming up because she's an emote. Uh, she's an emote on the stream. And we, we like to howdy to each other when, uh, when we, we show up. Also, RVA enjoyers, when we show up to other mm-hmm. streams, we drop a little howdy in chat. See all the howdies howdying back. It's always always a pleasure. Um, That's right. She's a fun card. She's yeah. a 1 CP 9K, John, Earth Forward, Job Avalanche Operative, which is always relevant. Goodness gracious. She has, yeah, good gracious, hat is bodacious. Um, she has Brave. <laughs> Tifa oh cannot gravy, become gravy. dull by your, oh, she Bravey Gravy. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to make some Bravey Gravy over here. But uh, <laughs> Tifa cannot become dull by your opponent's summons or abilities. Oh, there's the Gravy. Um, now, when Tifa enters the field, you do have to discard two cards. Whatever. If you got um, If you got them, turns out. If you got smoke if you got them. <laughs> if not, I will. And then uh, for two, Tifa can attack once more this turn, and you can only pay with CP produced by backups to use this ability. Yeah, because otherwise you'd be pitching all the cards from your hand, uh, or you'd pitch a card yeah. from your hand when she comes in to trigger it. So it does prevent mm-hmm. you from doing a little bit of that, and it means you're either overpaying mm-hmm. for her, or you're like tapping one and then tapping two. Um but yeah, Christy, I will gladly do, overpay. Do we just want to read that one more time. Two colon <laughs> Tifa yeah. can attack once more this turn. You can only pay with CP produced by backups to use this ability. This ability is not restricted to once a turn. Many people have already uh, come up with a few different ways you can get basically uh, infinite attacks out of this. You know, with with all these different ways to reactivate your backups and keep providing uh, producing an attack. Um, it's a scary oh, thing man. in a deck that has a card that gives it haste, you know, inherent haste. Um, mm-hmm. another card in self same deck that gives it cannot be broken this turn. Um, there's a lot of potential behind this card. It is. Brother, I just processed 
that it's not only once per turn. My there, there, there's I, just, I was just that swimming in my live? own brain, my, gravy? my own bravery, gravy, gravy, oh, gravy. I, I, I had I had to like swim my way back to the computer. Holy <laughs> shit! Holy yeah, shit! King. That's so powerful. Yeah, dude, she's got Brother. brave inherently. So she just sits Brother. there and she goes attack, 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 Asura, attack, <laughs> attack, Asura, attack. Attack. Brother, she's she's like Biggs. Come with me. I'll be back for you, Jesse. Jesse, come with me. She's like, Wedge. no, no, come with me. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Jesus. Yeah, people have been posting. Um, people have been posting different ways to basically present those infinite attacks. I mean, I think there was like a four card combo that somebody showed. Um, online mm-hmm. there was like the Rosa that when she party attacks she can attack once more and you activate her. Oh, so like yeah. if you do that with Tifa, it's always two things attacking. So the no no activates two backups every time and, oh, and like wow. the Rosa activates. So it's like with this tiny little card combo you've got boom, infinite attacker Tifa. Um who can <laughs> just Yeah, it it gets gross. It's definitely it's hard because we had this other two CPT if it gets spoiled. Um, we don't have to go too much into it. But she's kind of decent too, and you're sitting there wondering, like, man, am I really going to be talked out of playing the two CP searcher Tifa? That it's like not even that you really need to search the cloud, but it is a nice backup plan, and it is really nice that it's just like a two CP that gets a card back. And that can have that haste and present those party attacks with the other guys. But pfft, now there's a one CP with Brave that gets haste from Barrett that can party attack with Big. Just not only is this making all of those cards better because they have easier access to a cheap party attacking buddy, mm-hmm. right? You could play her first to discount them as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, whew, man, this is just a very strong legend. Howdy, howdy, yeah. howdy, boy, buddy. howdy, boy, howdy. Yeah. Indeed. Well, and John, I, I did this purposely. We're going from a very powerful legend uh, to Yuna. Yuna. I, it's, I'm just laughing at Adam Duncan's meme. The, uh, the, the unplayable legend starter pack in the first, the oh, first that was mine. Yuna. Oh, that was yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was on brand for, it was Adam Duncan's flavor of <laughs> so, human. So uh, I, I, yeah, I know. I don't know that it's necessarily unplayable, but the meme was too funny where I did like unplayable yes. legend starter pack. And the first corner is a picture of the name Yuna. The second corner is a picture of the cost five. The third one is the eight K pack. Yeah. And then the the next picture is all the wens like on top of each other yes. <laughs> like multiple oh like three different wens but yeah so so i mean we we can make dies to doom blade jokes all day but what does yuna actually yeah do? well yuna is a 5 cp yuna job summoner uh-huh. good god she's the most contested slot known to man um, oh, category Jesus. 10 she does look uh-huh. like she's sitting in front of that famous painting of like the wave coming up you know what i mean like yeah you know, yep. like, with, like, the... <laughs> that's funny um when Yuna is chosen by your opponent's ability, you may discard one summon. When you do so, cancel its effects. When you okay. cast a summon, draw one card. This effect will trigger only once per turn. And then, holy, just S, choose one forward, deal a 3,000 damage for each summon in your break zone. So I think the appeal here is this S ability. I think the rest of it is uh, is extra. It has to be extra. You can't play this card for those other two things because they are they're conditional, you are not always certain they're going mm-hmm. to happen. When you, The thing is, when Yuna is chosen, it has to be by an ability and you can pitch a summon. She's not even protected from other summons. I really wish oh, that's no. a summoner ability. Um, 
when you pitch the summon, you don't it doesn't trigger her second thing, so it's not the same as casting one and drawing a card. We already have a Yuna that's like the two CP forward that you can tap when you cast a summon to draw a card, which is like not something people do a lot anyway, because it's just like that's how efficient the other Yunas are. Um, but Holy is interesting. Holy is not a tap, and it does not have any cost other than S. So it is very easy to cast Holy. And 3,000 damage for each summon in your break zone is a lot of damage very fast. Yes. So the S ability on this card is very strong. I just don't know how much the rest of it really helps it survive or stick around. Um, we'll see. I mean, this this definitely has potential. But I think it's a big it's a hard ass sell in some decks it's right a, now. Yeah, it's a hard sell right yeah. now, I think. But there's definitely people out there getting excited about this. And, and the fact that Rydia exists just makes it... Um, makes this card better than it would have been otherwise, right? And that's fair. That's fair. Um, and obviously there's a bunch more cards that have been spoiled. You know, we we actually ended up going a little longer than we wanted to on those, but they just, this set looks really great already. They're coming out left and right. I literally just got one across my desk. This is literally yeah, a brand new Yuffie. A, a Yuffie. Yeah, wow. We'll, yeah. And obviously we'll we'll dive into all of these when, uh you know, when we do our when the sets release, we'll... Why is she so much better than Edge? Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck? Right, hold on. Hold on. I have to read it. I mean, she not not the um not the hero edge, but like we just got an edge that puts a shuriken counter on himself and like a recent Yeah, she puts like two on her or something stupid like that, right? Well, I guess you can only do it when she attacks, is maybe the thing. Okay. Hold on. So so when yeah, so we just got a two CPU. She's just a common. She's not that exciting. I know I just yelled whoa pretty loud and maybe got you excited at home. Don't get that excited. <laughs> get unexcited. I want you to bring that all the way down. All the way down, all the way. Meet me back down here at the bottom. Okay, nice to see you. Tuzip Yuffie, category seven, job ninja, five k. When Yuffie enters the field, place two shuriken counters on Yuffie. When Yuffie attacks, you may remove one shuriken counter from Yuffie, and when you do so, choose a forward deal at eight k. So she just shoots something for eight on attack, which is pretty cool. I just saw that's her cool. and saw that she gets the shuriken counters, and we literally just got an edge that's like a two CP in the last set, who puts three mm -hmm. shuriken counters on him when he enters the field. He has no kind of haste, and then he has to tap, which is essentially the equivalent of attacking. So actually, I mean, like he doesn't but get haste, he has to tap. So it's essentially when he attacks, except he doesn't get to attack. He just taps. Then you remove a shuriken counter from him, and you choose the forward to deal at 5k. So it's like, uh, you can't remove more than one when he... So it's just like, when Yuffie attacks, you do something 8,000 damage. Or when Edge taps and does not threaten a point of damage, he can do something 5,000 damage. Uh, and he's got 1,000 less power. I, I'm a little confused. Uh, that math don't add up, John. That's okay. Whatever. Uh, you know what? I, I, these things that all put shuriken counters on themselves that aren't the hero edge, uh, or can't spend mm -hmm. them the way the hero edge does, um, eh. Uh, where's somebody who lets me throw everyone else's shuriken? Like a new shadow, he throws everybody's shurikens. You, know, you can right. remove a, a shuriken oh, counter from God. anybody, or something like that. That'd be sick. Um, yeah. But <laughs> and join us for part three of speculative that shadows yeah dude i was literally complaining about dude you know what's funny is while we were bitching about all the final fantasy 6 summon thing on wednesday night uh -huh. literally a final fantasy 6 summon had been like revealed it was under our nose the yeah. whole Fenrir, time Fenrir, the new one is is mm -hmm. brand new original art for final fantasy 6. exactly the thing that we were asking for and saying they haven't done um, mm -hmm. it, it makes me hopeful that they did one in every color. Is that asking for too much? Probably. Yeah, we're asking um, for too much, but it's fine. But it's fine. You know, it's fine. That's what spoiler season is about, Chris, right? Asking for too much and getting disappointed. 
Yes, and that's why we're going to start our second podcast, and we're just speculating on shadows that the versions of shadow that they'll never give us. Versions of shadow they'll never give us. Episode one twenty three. That's right. Speculative shadows, <laughs> a true crime pro- podcast in the shadow of speculation. That's right. Oh, there it is mm. by Stephen King. But uh, yeah, so that's I mean we'll we'll again do a deep dive. Spoilers are coming out literally every day. Um. Set looks great. I can't wait to get my grubby paws on it. Um, because, um, but you know, John, that that's that's then. That is then, as we uh, you know segue into our main topic. We need to focus on now, because right now we're in the Opus Nineteen meta. We are coming down the home stretch. That's right of the Opus Nineteen meta, but we are here. And if, if you're looking to get qualified in the in the uh, not too distant future, One you're going to need this spots. That's or, right. I mean, you're going to need to know other countries, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. But still, but still, you're going to need to you're going to need to know what's what's hip and cool in the streets of Opus 19. So thankfully, we've prepared a little primer of, you know, kind of where we where where we've come from and where we are now just in this entire Opus 19 go. meta. And it's right. All the places we will go. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're taking the back streets again, John. So mm-hmm. let's uh, so let's go ahead and just kind of dive right in, John. I know you had kind of created the timeline here. Well, what's wrong with it, Chris? With taking the back streets, there's well, uh, look, never know there's if so you much don't to go. do. Oh, you'll never shine if you don't. Was if you glow. don't grow or glow? Never if you don't shine glow. if you don't glow, dude. Yeah, got to glow yeah. first. That's right. Well, that's right. If you're looking to shine, you got to start with a glow, and that glow is meta knowledge. So. We are here to just kind of not not just I don't think it's as helpful to just say, here's where we are. I think it's very helpful mm-hmm. to understand the pattern and the reason where we were, where we you know came from, uh, changes that happened and why, where we landed now. Because the thing is, next weekend, the weekend after, that isn't now. Mm-hmm. That's then. We we're just talking about yes. that. So you're going to learn about now to be prepared for then. Um, you need to... Get this knowledge so that you can try to predict where the next step will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always, I mean, that's one of the most fun parts about what we were talking about at the very beginning of the cast, about how the competitive season is back to its old self, right? And we're starting to see, like, this this real shift, this real meta. Um, at, because, Absolutely. you know, the real definition of, of the meta, I know we kind of use it interchangeably to mean what the best stuff is. Um, but it really means what what is happening now. Right. What is in the current ecosystem of what you would expect to see if you go to a tournament. Um, And so that may include things that you don't know about yet that will very much be your meta at the next tournament. Right. Um, Or that may mean things that, you know, we uh, we fully expect and we see all around us as we've done the research and and it has brought us to some pretty educated conclusions. So um, with all that. Chris, we're going to take you on a, a little journey, you know, starting. I'm here. Oh, starting back in April of this year. Not so long ago, but oh, so long ago, all the same. Oh, jeez, um, who are you telling, Two brother? months, and it's been way more events than, than that. I mean, it's we've looked uh-huh. at the Crystal Cups in Florida, Kansas, California, and Texas have all happened within the last two months, and it has been busy, and it has been exciting. And uh, it's been different every time. So I think that uh, that I wanted to start with kind of 
the stuff to be aware of coming into the set. Um, yes. You know, we got together, Chris, we were testing with each other leading into this, uh, into April, into Florida, getting Yeti spaghetti ready. It's ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's ready. ready. Um, and, you know, the things that we were looking at at the time, the things that we were testing, um, and many of the reasons you were very confident taking that deck is mm -hmm. Fire Lightning 13, Soiree, and Ice Lightning, I think, were some of the things that were pretty popular coming out of the end of the last set that were sticking around. They got some exciting new pieces. Uh, Ice Lightning got some cool new duels. Fire Lightning had the 13 starter that just did not seem to be letting up as we came into the set proper. And then um, Soiree got a four-color rainbow hero. And I don't mean a hero as in the rarity. I mean a hero as in they were holding out for a hero. And it was the Warrior of Light. Um, maybe the best payoff card for a multicolor deck that has ever been made yet. <clears throat> and he is... He was there to basically just button it up, make sure that once you got your colors online, which Soiree needed to do to get working anyway, that you were rewarded Absolutely. even more for it and that you had an even better top end and even more, you know, consistent gameplay. So the Warrior of Light, um, he started to kind of pop out in those decks. So at the, at the time, I would say right from the start of the set, if you were getting ready for Florida, you might have been playing against some other things. You had some other stuff on your radar, but we, we heard it referred to as literally the boogeyman. Uh, the Fire Lightning it's... 13 was something everybody was preparing for. Um, what wound up coming out of that tournament was we saw Ice Earth win, right? That was uh, Okamoto and Ryan Shen playing something very similar to an Ice Earth they had played that had also soloed Soiree at a recent event. Yes. Um, at the, you know, and they knew if, you know, again, hey, knowing that those were the decks coming into the event, Fire Lightning 13 was really leaning heavy on two cost attackers mm -hmm. um, and didn't like playing a long game if they could survive early, which Ice Earth very good at stopping a certain cost from attacking and good at the long game. Um, we saw rainbow decks start to emerge. I mean, people finding different ways to fit Warrior of Light in that weren't so obvious, like the Soiree stuff. So we started to see Summon and Rydia variants appear at this time. Some other Warrior of Light variants started to appear. Um, I mean, I got my ass blasted by a Final Fantasy X rainbow deck. There's a lot of different things that started to take shape. But uh, the big one coming out of that weekend, Chris, at least for everybody who wasn't us to be aware of for the first time, uh, for it seemed, was Fire Ice, Final Fantasy VI. Um, I mean, Yeti Spaghetti, it had won in Europe and it got second place here in Florida. And which uh, was kind of funny because I, mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't know who the, the person match. I, I, oh, well, well, oh, that, oh, well that that, too, yeah. I, I genuinely, I don't remember. I don't, I, well, I, 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 like, what am I trying to say here? Like, you guys, didn't I don't talk know to who that person was. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, we exactly. didn't know. Yeah. Like, it was kind of funny that that was like the same weekend that that performance was happening. Frost the globe. I mean, they and the there was I mean, no there was like a ten to twelve card difference, right? There's uh, all mm -hmm. the stooges and stuff were changed out, but but it was very close. Same idea, yeah. Yeah, it was a title deck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Opus what fourteen lock? Whatever, whatever mm -hmm. that lock is doesn't miss is the name of the deck essentially. Yep. Um, I mean, with all those new permanents we got, I mean, with the yeti, with the new mog, and all those things, it was just it was time to pop. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's really where we were coming out of Florida, right? Um, Ice Earth had done well, but a lot of people don't switch to Ice Earth typically. Yeti Spaghetti had done well, and it definitely inspired a few returners around the globe. Um, you know, sure here did. and there. And what I, what I will say definitely came out of Florida was people saw how viable different rainbow strategies were. And what definitely started to happen over the next few events was rainbow started to take hold. Warrior of Light variants, Summoner variants, everywhere was wall. 
and uh, Rosa became a pretty big tech at the time, right about now, right in the, in the timeline of things here, where um, Rosa or some ability to reactivate your Warrior of Light, you know, Asura variants are running more copies of Asura, sorry, variants started running more copies of Asura, um, and other ways to just start abusing Warrior of Light's enter and his ping ability. Uh, and, and I mean, really, it was just a, a combination greater than the sum of the parts, you know, adding the mm -hmm. stuff together. And people started to think, all right, so this is starting to piss me off. Um, and, and people were looking for an answer. In the meantime, we have California, right? Because um, Kansas is won by one of these rainbow decks, right? Sam Prime wins with, uh, uh, with a rainbow summon yes, deck. Yes, yeah, like it was like a rainbow, yeah, mm -hmm. Ridia. Yeah, rainbow Ridia deck, rainbow summon deck. So the rainbow stuff has taken hold. By the time we get to Kansas, it is definitely the thing that everybody is the, is the new boogeyman, right? Um, That's right. Come California. California, we get some people who actually uh, dominate Swiss and win the tournament with Mono Water. Was Mono Water out of nowhere? Nope. In the last set, it was pretty good. Um, I mean, Lena and Ash pushed it right to where it needed to be. The only new cards, I think, that are even in the decks that are seeing play now is Tomberry. Uh, sometimes I new Leviathan, so. but essentially... The same old, same old, right? Just still very strong and good at what people are doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, when Earth decks are going more multicolor, more rainbow, they're not leaning. There's no, like, Matoyas just thrown under the back line. You're not seeing as many, uh, just, you know, Mist Dragon is not main decked in as many things and definitely not a three of. So the Break Zone's a little bit more protected. Their uh, monster variants start to take shape, and people realize that the monsters don't have any really efficient removal. Uh, that's running around as much that does exist. We'll get there in a second. But uh, Mono Water Surprise is what I call this next phase. I mean, you know, basically Mono Water comes out, um, does pretty well, wasn't something that was on a lot of people's radar, is a deck that has 50 blue cards in it, so that gets people pretty excited. You know, it's it's straightforward, easier to... It's, I don't want to say it's easy to play or easy to learn necessarily, but it is easier to wrap your head around. It's like pretty straightforward. I mean, it is, it is relatively easy to... to learn it and like learn what you need to do at what point i think the fact that the deck has sildra just means that every time that you cast sildra your decision tree is so big that that can be more complicated yes. than people will often give it credit for um mm -hmm. but what i will say about mono water surprise and about rainbow takes hold is the common thread on both of those is sildra's ability <laughs> to set people up for mid to late game um it, yes. it starts to get very popular and uh and in about this time starts entering the ban discussion so it was not it was something that's been on the watch list chris but not mm. that everybody was clamoring for bannering right yes that is only after this rainbow stuff started happening people are like what the fuck like they can set up <laughs> the soldier or set up the four backup colors off two soldier searches and the first soldier search gets the soldier back for them so yeah i, I think that um that was where the consistency came through for it almost doesn't matter what variant you're running the consistency was there so rainbow gets old people get tired of rainbow warrior of lights blasting them and brave brave souls across the way across the water put six dark cards in their deck oh three chaos and three arc chaos of course being the 11 cost card from a couple sets back actually who says that um if your opponent is playing you know, more than one color. Very basically, for every element your opponent controls, the cost to cast chaos is reduced by two, and it can become zero if they happen to have something like uh, Shantoto. And uh, the summon that had just come out is Arc Nine CP Dark Summon, but it costs one less 
for each cost required, each CP required to cast the highest cost dark card on your field. So if you don't already see where this combo is going, when you play Chaos oh, yeah. at a reduced cost, he's still an 11 CP on the field, and Arc becomes free. Well, Arc chooses a forward, breaks it, and then makes the controller of said forward discard two cards. So a free yeah, summon that kills whatever their guy is, doesn't matter who it is, and they discard two cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty potent, Chris. And then to you know make matters worse, most variants of Chaos Arc are running ways to get Arc back to hand. <laughs> So I think the most popular yeah, man in black. probably yes. Um Lightning Earth, right? Man in black, uh he parks a little arc on the side, doesn't even have to sit in your hand awkwardly. Sits over there removed from the game, and then when you do eventually play out your chaos, boom. Get the free blasto from the arc that you parked on the side. Um Blasto Presto. Now uh like Earth Lightning also has other benefits, like uh has a lot of kind of like resets or, or good wipes to deal with the aggressive starts. Also has a lot of break zone hate, which is good against again some of the Warrior of Light decks are are just kind of using that as an extension of their hand. Same thing for these water strategies. Um then you start to see Chaos Arc become something that, well, you don't just need to put it in Lightning and Earth. I mean, although Lightning has that cool Cisne tech where you can pitch the cards from hand when they're gumming you up, um, and Cisne deals a whole bunch of damage based on the cost of the card. But you start to see people look at other things like Richie over in Australia plays a Fire Wind variant, you know, where you can pitch the arcs to Braska if you want. Um, you start to see people putting it in Water Earth, Mono Water, anywhere that has these filter outlets, and Water is very good at that. You start to see these these uh, chaos arc decks show up, and the chaos arc decks are just preying on the fact that the multi element stuff is so prevalent. They're so sure that they're going to run into people playing two and more colors, that they can put six dark cards in their deck, and it works. Yeah. And um, yeah, this this Disney thing is probably my probably my favorite it's pretty fun the, the that fact my that they, they can call it whole... control because they do that too yeah, is, that, is just mwah, mwah. <laughs> that, that tickles my innards so then, no uh, then then we come up to the last kind of set of events um mm. over in europe they run a two deck format because of the two deck format mono water is an easy pick doesn't share a lot of card Absolutely. colors and um you know, the, the winner of the event ends up playing Mono Water and Ice Wind. When asked about Ice Wind deck, basically says has a very, very good matchup against, well, wouldn't you know it, Rainbow. Uh, turns out when you deny the ability for them to use all those different backups for different colors, when they can't play the Warrior of Light, things start to get a little gummed up pretty quick. And um, I think that the, the Ice Wind is immediately starts to become popular because 13 has been mostly pushed out by a lot of these other decks starting to get popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, 13 should not be off the radar because you start to see, you still see things like Pat's very good performance with the 13 deck, a recent uh, Materia Cups, still doing well overseas here and there. Definitely not um, a brainless, you know, success deck like people were mentioning it to be or thinking it was at the beginning of the set. Still need to play pretty tight. Definitely a, a very potent aggro deck, but those small choices that feel like they don't matter are the difference between the, the best and the not-so-best <laughs> aggro players. The best and the uh, not-so-best. The best not so, best. so Icewind definitely has made a return after doing so well in Europe. Um, we see Sam Tool take a slightly modified version. It's cool to see the, the Icewind Moogle tech coming out of Europe over there with um, 
putting in the Final Fantasy XI. Moogle Eleven finally coming back into the game. Choco oh, Mod seeing a lot of cool action. I mean, more than I'd say it ever has seen. Uh, able to search for a lot of different backups in that deck, but late mid to late game also converting into a high cast cost, or high cast count with a low cost, and turning uh, that Moogle backup into any card you want from your deck. Very potent. So I think that that engine was yes. it was immediately obvious what was good about it, and so it had caught the attention of players like Sam Tool, who took that to win Texas. So we have got um, a different deck winning every one of these, and I mean drastically different. We've got Ice Earth Florida, we've got uh, Multicolor Summon Kansas, we've got Mono Water California, and we've got Ice Wind Texas. So, so what you're saying, John, is the meta's wide open. What I'm saying, Chris, is every one of these things is something you should definitely be aware of, right? You should keep your eye on mm -hmm. new things, too. China just had their national tournament. If you haven't had your hand uh, on the pulse here, we just saw their two-deck format as well. Um, and first place took it with a water variant and a three-color Axstar aggro deck. Um, taking yeah. advantage of a lot of really cool three cost and powerful duels to just slam down axe target a lot of value on the table and be aggressive be aggressive um <laughs> it definitely it, you know a, a two deck format is a different environment but very cool to see that deck doing well and uh, of course obviously still good if it makes it all the way to the top there but so so mm -hmm. you're now here we're now caught up to june 30th you're coming up on um, a couple store championships this weekend. You're coming up on the next major event in Raleigh in two weeks. And what I'm saying, Chris, is uh, if, if, if I've mentioned it, you should be aware of it. You should know what it, that archetype is, um, how it works, and you can watch gameplay from any of the events I mentioned to check out those winning decks. Um, you can check out gameplay from the RVA Returners Weekly or from the Swiss rounds of different events to catch some of the other decks. Um, and just to run through it again, I mean, really, if I was preparing for a store championship or for Raleigh, I would at least make sure I was aware of how these decks worked, what their win conditions were, and what my plan mm -hmm. was. Maybe not teching cards in against them necessarily, but just knowing what, if you're in this situation, what's your plan? You know, what's your your... You're doing fire drills, you know? It's not because you want to light your house on fire or the school is going to burn down. It's because if it does, you just want to have a plan. You want to be prepared so that when you get into that situation... Uh, I said this to somebody earlier today, and, and this is some advice somebody gave me once, and it is, it is really helpful. I think it can mm -hmm. be very easy to chase, like, oh, this just did very well, so I want to play it, because then it means I'll do very well. But you're ch you're just chasing that like brass ring effectively, you know. Well, yeah. When you're in a tournament situation, the thing is, you're already. It's very difficult to recreate a tournament, right? Like when you're practicing. Yes. So. So many variables. You are going to be in a situation you've never thought of. You know, there's going to mm -hmm. be some weirdo play that presents itself to you, or that you consider, or something like that. You're going to be in weird situations. You are going to be stressed. More than you are when you're playing at locals and way more than you are when you're sitting there testing and not thinking about this stuff. You're going to have a lot of pressure coming on you from just the tournament, the environment, the, what's on the line, all that stuff. So what your anchor needs to be is the deck you're playing. You need to be comfortable with that because you're going to be uncomfortable with everything else going on. I mean, there are a lot yes. of players who play in a lot of tournaments and they can be comfortable in those situations. And of course, there, there's different levels of being comfortable. 
I'm not saying everyone's uncomfortable at a tournament. What I am saying is it's the most challenging environment that you're going to be playing in. So if you're in the most challenging environment, you want to give yourself as many outs as possible. Um, and I think playing a deck that you are familiar with, and that you are confident with, is more important than picking the best thing that did well recently. That's my confirm. Yeah. So, John, with that being said, you know, again, there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot of testing that needs to be done for those that are competing. I know you're not going to be competing at this event. You are going to be running, you know, just running, running running Mm -hmm. the ship, um, which will be fantastic. And I will be, uh, you know, in the booth. Hopefully you and I will get to do some casting together. Yeah. Uh, on the stream yeah absolutely man but, I'll make sure i stop by <laughs> well thanks for stopping by yeah. but if you were if you were if you were going to be playing in this event what do you think you would be focusing in on like where where would your mindset be so um what's interesting chris is, and again i don't this is not um me saying anything that i knew you didn't know or talking better about myself Mm. this is me just saying like this is why i believe on that comfort thing uh i'm a big water gamer i mean earlier in the fucking stream you knew i wanted to talk about the cecil because it was water like you'll take the earth one i'll do the water one you know opus three my favorite card in the whole game garnet legend um every time i qualify for nationals been dark blue cards in my deck so i like and play all decks and i play all styles and i've played all elements you know i i don't think I don't pigeonhole myself into a play style or anything like that, mm-hmm. but everybody has something that they're most comfortable with, right? They're anchored, something that they are um, most comfortable playing. And for me, I like water decks. I like drawing cards and having a lot of options and the toolbox style nature of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always loved Sildra <laughs> way back when we yes. talked about it. Turns the, out the first time it was spoiled, I go, this is just my kind of card, like turning the two worst cards in your hand to the two best things in your deck, you know, exactly what you need has always been mm-hmm. interesting. Um, that's my kind of play style. I really like the, you know, it's very good for toolbox style decks. So Mono Water, like I said earlier, uh, kind of was the same thing last set, you know. There was uh, really only the Tomberry has been added, and it's just what we value and the way we play it is a little different. Um, and you know I've been playing that for, for a long time. So Absolutely. I am more comfortable making decisions with and adapting to weird game situations with that than anything else, and I know what mm-hmm. my plan is. So I would probably be taking Mono Water if I was playing in Raleigh. Um, I, it's not that I think it's the best, but I, you can ask my locals. Somebody literally said, Warrior of Light's the best deck. And I said, ah, I like make a noise. And they go, okay, well, then what do you think is the best deck? They said, I, I don't. Like, I think there are a yeah. lot of decks that can win. I, I don't really have think I have the data to be able to say what the best thing is. Yeah, I would need to see so many more games, so many more events. Um, right now, it very well may be the best thing. But next week, that may change. And then, you know, two weeks later, um, Mono Water wins in California, and it was not something that was on a lot of people's radar. So, I mean, and and that's despite the same list making top four and top eight at the first event in Europe. So I think that people, um, I don't mean the same list as California before KP gets mad at me. I mean, in Europe, (laughs) those two lists were identical. They had the same name. Um. So yeah, it's just one of those things. I I think uh, to follow my own advice. I mean, honestly, not to be a hypocrite, I, I I try other decks here and there. I play it for like two weeks, and I get frustrated with my performance and myself, and I go back to playing Mono Water. That's my mm-hmm. comfort zone. Uh, if, it's like being a homebody. I just want to go home and sit in Mono Water and play with my Mono Water. <laughs> you know, leave it, leave me alone. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go out and I'll That's be adventurous, but at the end of the night, I just want to be home with my Mono Water in my hand and playing my Mono Water. <laughs> 
try you want to be nice and water cozy. On the TV. Yeah, slip into my mono water and just tuck into my mono water with a nice hot cup of mono water, you know? Oh, man. Mm, mono water. Yeah. Sounds good. But, I mean, that's, and that's not for everybody. That's not me saying that if mm. you're not playing mono water, you should switch to it. I definitely do not think that. I think a lot of people see decks like that, switch to them, don't put the time in on it, and then don't do as well as they think they should have and are surprised. Yes, and I can actually genuinely say I felt like that happened a lot with spaghetti after oh, the first uh, yeah. I think that happened a lot because for every for every person that qualified and, yeah. and you could just watch it like you could literally watch the tail of the tape on TCG yeah. player yeah. you're just watching these interceptor sell out Edgar sell out and it's just like well I think it's appealing right it's... everything in mm-hmm. the next Final Fantasy 6 okay it's a very popular game mm-hmm. all you do is slam all the Final Fantasy 6 characters on the table well uh, you know if I were to give you my elevator pitch sure the order you do those and how you value different things and playing around what your opponent can do is still incredibly important. I think too many people yep. play it like a solitaire deck. Um, I think a lot of people take for granted the fact that we played, like, like not an exaggeration, 100 games before we took Amaterasu out of the deck. Mm-hmm. Like, like these things, um, people test these things and they put a lot of time in and they have a lot of... Um, conviction i guess is maybe the word i want to say they, they're very mm-hmm. confident in like the results they put forward and that's why you did well i mean you literally mm-hmm. were so comfortable and confident on that deck that you were drinking at applebee's and slamming ass you know what i'm saying like literally like, literally, literally, literally yeah literally like, like when you're able to get into a flow state you can't get into a flow state if you're not comfortable with all the plays all the pieces because you're constantly exactly. hitting these little hurdles mentally where it's like oh wait do i do this or that do i do this or that do, I do this? and it's not that you can't make those decisions you're going to have to make a thousand of those a day if you're trying to win a tournament mm-hmm. but that's why the less of them you have to make the more of the stuff that you make automatic it's almost like muscle memory for yourself um mm-hmm. the better of a time that you're just going to have the more success you're going to see when you're playing yeah I agree. I fuck nailed that right on the head. Look, it's like I spend all, you know, every week three hours just analyzing this shit over mm-hmm. time. I mean, and that's another, you know, just the same way that you should practice a little bit over time instead of all at once. You know, you get a better picture yes. when you are slowly and consistently doing this stuff, paying attention to it, or practicing, or playing. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes just, stepping back and processing is just super important. <laughs> But that's, uh, yeah, like you said, I can't play. Um, and I know that mm-hmm. people from all around the country are going to, or, or you know, from all around in general, listen mm-hmm. to us. But um, the locals, the homies, the RVA returners, the Virginia guys, the North Carolina guys, everybody in the Southeast guys, the, the South Carolina, the, the Florida mm-hmm. guys, the Georgia guys, don't forget you, Sam. I mean, look, every West Virginia guys, all the people from the North, the old homies from the Northeast, People are going to be coming down to Raleigh. This is ours. We don't get a lot of events over here, especially uh-huh. mid-Atlantic Northeast. Woohoo! That's a that's a joke. So, uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I I live vicariously through you guys. I want to see you guys do well. So this is not me trying to trick anybody in anything or whatever. <laughs> this is this is it. This is my honest opinion. These are yeah. the things I think you should be ready for. Um, again, you know, if, if it's not already in your gauntlet of testing, if you're not already aware of these decks. You should be practicing against or at least aware of Fire Lightning 13, Ice Lightning decks, um, FF6 variants, Ice Fire or Ice Fire Water. You should at least know how Ice Earth works and Arcanist does and what the wind condition is. 
Um, you should have a good plan for Rainbow Warrior of Light decks for decks that are going to play Rydia early and abuse her summon count. Um, remember the Warrior of Light decks, once they get Warrior of Light, Rosa Fusoya, have a good plan for that. Mono Water, know what it does and how it works. Understand how Lena works and that you can't respond to her ability by trying to remove Leviathan after Lena's already on the field. You're going to need preemptive Mist Dragons. I could go on all day about little tips for each of these decks. Um, I'm hoping that this, the primer version <laughs> is helpful enough for you guys. Uh, know what Chaos and Arc do and how they fit into decks and how they can gum up a hand and what the cards are that they will need to see to filter them out of their hands so you can get an idea of when they're stuck on those cards. Um, know what Ice Wind does and have a plan for their cast turns and how you can interact with them to stop their big go-off play. And pay attention to the three-color crazy deck from China. Yeah, uh, a couple of them. Is it a comprehensive list? Absolutely not. Will preparing for every one of those things help you know what's been... Not Maybe not something you're going to run into, but you'll understand what's being played and seeing success and why. And that's yes. what's important. The why is 100% important. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, so it's not just a thing. And I mean, I hope that taking you through the steps made it a little bit clearer as like how these different things got popular over time. Because it's not just like, oh, Chaos <clears throat> Arc was always crazy and we should have been... I mean, probably always better than... Or Chaos, rather. Probably a little bit better than we had thought. Um, Arc definitely brings him into that spot. But you don't just go out and put six of them in your deck if there's not a ton of rainbow stuff that's going to be at the tournament, you know? Um, It's very much a function of everything that came before. Every tournament in a tournament season in a meta is a function of the event that came before it. So the equation has looked different for every one of these events. And for Raleigh and for the next 22 people who are going to try to qualify for nationals, um, your victory will be a function of the things that have come before this set and very much uh, your knowledge of and, and how you navigate them. Yeah. That's my soapbox. I'm ready to climb down off of it now. Well, come on down, John. Come on down. Well, you know you what? Did. I know that you had told me on Wednesday, um, we did a little bit of this on Wednesday, and it kind of sparked uh, the topic, the main topic for today's mm-hmm. episode, was that you were like, hey, I've been a little bit out of it since Florida. Catch me up. And I was like, well, yeah. brother... It's actually changed so much. Mm-hmm. And you are beyond like, and it's not like I didn't know what everything did, but I was like, I do not know the nooks, the crannies. Like if I were to, if I were to just try to pull a karate kid three, Daniel LaRusso and just try to go into the tournament, not knowing who I'm fighting, mm-hmm. I'd get my ass beat. I would, I would immediately just be like, Oh, two beers. Yeah. I mean, there was no chaos arc decks. Seeing, you mm-hmm. know, there wasn't all this stuff running around. There definitely wasn't exactly. like three color Axstar seeing top table play. You didn't have water variants of Yeti Spaghetti or even other Yeti Spaghetti decks to contend with. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many things have changed since Florida and continue yeah. to change. And I think uh, will certainly change again. Yeah. It's just a matter of uh, how it. and what we see. Yeah. Because well, time is running out, the clock is ticking. If you want to get to Nats, you you've got to you got to grind. You've got to just really just really just get dug in. Put the reps in. I mean, it's the same thing yeah. as you know. And I'm gonna just throw a little plug. I mean, I don't even know. I don't think these articles are available on my old the old <laughs> site anymore. But there was a time when um I was pretty focused on deliberate practice, and we were talking a lot about it and mm-hmm. making articles about it. And what deliberate practice is, as a, as a quick primer, is mm-hmm. like if you've ever had a coach in school, 
you know, have you ever had a coach for any sport or anything you played? That's deliberate practice. Hopefully you've experienced yeah. deliberate practice because well, well, you don't John, show up to, to play uh-huh. and you don't, you don't just like, okay, here we are at baseball practice. I don't know, get out there in the field and just baseball it, kids. Like, I don't know, dick around. Uh-huh. No, the coach goes, okay, we're going to warm up. All right, we're going to, yep. today we're doing drills. The coach is just going to stand there and he's going to hit balls to outfield and you got to go get them. And it's designed to get you better at that single thing by focusing on it, focusing on what you need to do better at it and developing it. Because if you just go out there, cool dick in it, and play baseball for three hours, you're not going to learn a whole lot and you're not going to improve a whole lot, but you are going to have fun playing baseball. Uh So I think it's important that, yeah, you can have a lot of fun playing Final Fantasy TCG, but if you're not looking at things, if you're not talking through plays of your test partners, if you're not kind of taking mental notes or physical notes on what you need to remember for next game or things you could do better, um, if at the end of five games you can't look back and be say anything other than, oh, I won or lost this many number of games, and you don't know what you learned from them, then that's maybe a sign that you should just approach the way you're practicing a bit differently and try to get more out of it. Yep. And if you, and you'll find, you know, at least me personally, John, I know, I don't know if you remember when we were, um, when we were getting ready for, um, Florida, you know, we were doing, we were at locals and I'd make a mistake and I'd get mad at myself. Like I'd get mad. Yeah. I'd be like, Fuck. like, what like, you know, like I would just get, <laughs> oh, really, I, get really I get frustrated. Mad. Yeah. I get frustrated myself. But I'm like, yeah, wow, I literally like, threw this game cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, it, it, don't make that it, mistake again. Right. And it's because you are, like you're trying to not just go through the motions. You're trying to be deliberate with the lines you take, with the um, you know, with the moves you make. I'll you be watching. Make, <laughs> you want to make the right decision, and um, yes. sometimes it's hard to know which one is right or wrong, especially because the there are no takes these backsies. Not in the tournament, baby. No. So not at all. But anyway, that's it for for my tournament prep. That's the lowdown for the showdown. From the the lowdown for the showdown. That there. is 100% the name of the episode. <laughs> there it is. Um, that's just everything I think. If I were you, if I were trying to get, um, you know, 30 minutes of helpful advice for what I should expect mm-hmm. to see, I think that this is a pretty, you could do a lot worse than listening to the last 30 minutes of Y'all, this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, John, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I know I've got nothing else to add to that. You're just in depth on the money as always that's it man that's uh that's all i've got until then i mean this will be coming out real soon we'll be seeing you guys at the raleigh materia cup please if you're here if you're coming into town say hi to us man i mean i know that we're gonna be the the man behind the curtain or at least chris will be you know hiding behind squirreled away in the corner for uh for some of the rounds but of course guys feel free come up to us talk to us say hey uh ask ask us to sling a game dude We've got the walking around decks on us for sure. Oh, always, um, always, always. You know, um, we we love it. So if you've been I'm playing some in the local, crack on that C and say that's right. That's right. I mean, hey, Friday night. I mean, exactly right. We don't. We wouldn't go into this thing without practicing. The uh, dry right. run will be Friday night, the night before. You know, we'll be testing the stuff at the store. So that's right. Um, I'm ready. That's right. See you there, King. That's it. That's, that's all right. I've got, guys. And we'll see you in oh, about two weeks. Yeah, it's 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 here. It's here. It's ready. ready. (laughs) Uh, Bye-bye. Toodles. Thanks once again for listening to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can head on over to rvareturners.com.